Welcome to history. Hey, race fans. Welcome to the Checker Pass podcast. We're in the Double Alt Injury Lawyers studio presented by Auto Bank RV Sales and Services. Uh, Mark, you was MIA last week. Glad to have you back. Yeah, I was in Wiltsboro up there celebrating the, I guess, revival, whatever they call the track. I mean, I was there in August, so it was my second revival, I guess. Yeah. But it was a fun, busy week. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I'm glad I didn't go Sunday. I would have been very disappointed, but... It's, it's the stupid cars. Yeah. <laughs> but this way, when I left Thursday morning, I wasn't looking in the rearview mirror. I was happy to get out of there. I had uh, fun, but I was happy to get did out. Did you stay close by there, It We were about 25 miles away. Yeah, we stayed la- was. last year. We was about an hour away, so it was up straight up a mountain. Insane. We're glad to have you back. Yeah, um, glad to be back. Looking forward. we got a got a pretty cool guest coming on. We got a, I think he's been holding the steering wheel since he was dang near born, from my understanding. And, Winning races everywhere, uh, Rod Tucker. Uh, but first, we want to do our victory devotion, and it's brought to you by Morgan Motor Company. Is buying a car something you don't look forward to because of the high-pressure salespeople? Don't let yourself be pressured. When you contact Morgan Motor Company Incorporated, you always deal with a Morgan. This means no high-pressure sales pitch, no high overhead costs that's passed down to you, and savings you can bet on. Morgan Motor Company has been serving the upstate of South Carolina for over 60 years. Give them a call today, 864-242-6684, or visit Morgan Motor Company and see how they can save you money and tell them the guys from a Checker Pass podcast sent you. Hey, Dale, welcome to have you this week, or good to have you back this week. I'm glad to be back, Steve. We'll let you uh, do your thing. and All right. This week, we have the devotion titled, No to the Good, Yes to the Best. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. If you want to be a victor in the race God has for you, you must learn the discipline of laying aside some weights. Many times, these weights are good things in our lives, but good things are bad things when they keep us from doing the best things. Life would be simple if it were a choice between good and bad, but typically it is a choice between good and best. There are a lot of accessories you can put on a car to make it flashy and stand out among other cars, but you don't want to put most of them on a race car. They may look good, but they will add unwanted weight in the wrong places or hurt the aerodynamics. When race cars are built, they are constructed as light and smooth as possible without compromising the safety of the driver. With the car being lighter than the minimum weight required to compete, Lead can be added low on the car wherever the team wants to put the weight to get the percentages where they want them and to get the car to the desired weight. Here at the Guthrie Motorsports Shop, they build some of the prettiest cars you have ever seen. None of them have any unnecessary additions that would slow them down. They are all fast and race-winning cars. Our verse says all things are not expedient. When you think of the word expedient, think of the word expedition. You are going somewhere. And if something doesn't speed you on your way, it's excess baggage and you need to get rid of it. Ask God, are there there legitimate lawful things in my life that are keeping me from running the race you've given me? If he reveals anything to you, ask for discipline to lay them aside. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for guiding us on the race you have given us. Help us to be alert so we will not be distracted by good things that will keep us from you. 
Let us choose the best thing so we can be godly examples for others to follow. If anyone out there doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, please contact me and I will take my Bible and show you how, I can, how you can have a victorious future in heaven. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you coming in. So, Mark, uh, I'm excited to have this guest. Like I say, he, I think I, I've had people tell me he's the hottest guy on dirt right now or in the area, so he, he looks like he's kind of like a little, bit a little humble. So, yeah. uh, Rod, uh, glad to have you in, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Uh, I've seen a good many uh, popular guys on here, and I'm just uh, proud to have my name on the list. Yeah, we uh, we we've been trying to we've been dabbling in all kind all forms of racing this year. We had a, a road racing ace uh, John Finger on a few weeks ago, and we've had crew chief Marty Lindley for Dale Junior uh, on a few well, our first show this year, so. We try to mix it up. We don't want to stay just asphalt. We want to get our want to get everybody listening. So it's been a pretty cool deal. But uh, what 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 gets you into racing? Uh, believe it or not, I was uh about five years old. I tell everybody, my daddy and them had a go kart track in the backyard, and uh, all of them was over there doing it. And I said, I want to do it. He said, You're too young, son. I said, Well, I was like, I want to do it. So he uh. He got me a go-kart, and he had an old Tecumseh motor, and we put a Tecumseh on it and went out there and was making laps. And He said, you're going too fast. We're going to slow you down. So he put a throttle stop on it, and then I got mad at him, and I didn't want to do it no more. And he <laughs> said, all right, I'll speed you back up. And then they was all out there one day, and they was all racing. And I come out of the infield, and I come out there right behind him. Before I knew it, I was beating doors with my daddy. He said, thanks, son. He said, what are you doing? I said, I told you I wanted to race with y'all. That's funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, five years old. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, that that went on for a couple of years, and they were spending more money racing in the yard than they would be if they were doing the real thing. <laughs> so uh, he kind of just took a step back, and he bought me a go-kart, and we took off over to Sugar Tit and pretty much planted roots there for a little while and run kid cart. Uh, I think we run with Daniel Simmons and some of those guys and Blake Bentley. And so raced with all the guys that I'm racing with now. So it was pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. Did, um, so was your dad, was he involved in racing prior to you? Yeah. Uh, he grew up with, uh, Keith Williams, the guy that I currently drive for Keith and his dad always had cars. Uh, Homer Simmons drove for him and stuff. And, uh, they always had pretty good success, and uh, that's where I actually get the number 12 from. It's been around since the late 70s, early 80s when they raced. So uh, we just kind of thought it was fitting us to keep that number around and uh, carry on the tradition. That's, that's pretty cool. That's always good to have a have a meaning behind a, a number. Yeah. And uh, Other than some people, will be like, oh, I just picked that number for that guy. Yeah. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, what, age, what age were you when you started at Sugar Tent? Uh, I started on the real deal when I was eight, and uh, we run Sugar Tit for probably, I don't know, six months to a year, and then everybody was talking about Possum Kingdom, Possum Kingdom, that place is fast, y'all need to go down there, and we went down there, and I run the rest of Kid Cart down there, uh, and then the following year we run and won a little championship deal, and we run down there, purple, blue, and gold plate, run some stock light and medium and heavy. And so I raced go-karts up until about 2010, and uh, then I just kind of 
was losing interest in racing and my dad was like what do you want to do i said well i said we've been going to tr up there on friday nights watching i said let's get a race car <laughs> he he didn't think that was a good idea to start with but uh turns out it's a pretty good idea now so you started in young guns right yeah up there yeah and i heard uh, you was pretty 2010 pretty. we started up there and uh i think we blew more motors than we finished that first year and then uh, we met Tim Yates with Johnson Racing Engines, and in, in 2011, we had a really, really good year. So. Yeah, Barry Thornton, I talked with him the other day. He said he was excited to, to have you on, and he said he remembered you starting in Young Guns, and you just went on a winning spree and hadn't quit. Yeah, it was, uh, like I say, we in 2010, I was kind of questioning if I should be doing it or not, but uh, 2011, we rolled out with the car we had in 2010 and went to Harris. And the darn thing got totaled like the first race out of the year. And wow. uh, met up with Ricky Bogan. He's up there beside Barry Wright. He had a car. I think we paid $900 for it. And then Tim Yates built us a motor for like $1,200. He said, you know, I just built y'all junk. I wasn't expecting y'all to win no races with it. And I think we won 27 races that year with that thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Lord, at the end of that year, he ended up building us one for free. And uh, we went ahead and moved up to stock four. And then that was a Did little bit of a Did he still build you junk? Yeah, nah, he didn't build no junk then. He, uh, actually, he gave me one of Scott Morgan's old motors. He had built Scott a new one because Scott was kind of like the in-house driver there, and he gave me Scott's motor, and Scott was going to Superstock. He wanted me to be the street stock guy, so we struggled a little bit, you know, going racing from kids to racing with adults. I mean, at 16 years old, it was a, a big jump for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys, I, I find it hard racing against kids because – you touch them, you know, or you get any kind of yeah trouble on the track with them. You you can't go to the kids. You got to go to the daddy. Yeah. Or that's what he told me. He said, if you want to race with the big boys, you're gonna act like one. He said, I ain't dealing with it. <laughs> and let me tell you, when I moved up, <laughs> they beat the body off mine every week, and I, I finally had to start giving it back. Now I think I earned their respect. So uh, yeah, but they didn't welcome me warmly. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, from my understanding, like. I believe Mark Mark Sullivan was telling me too that, you know, the the adults didn't like getting whooped up on the kid. Yeah, yep. I guess. Uh, I wouldn't say we whooped up on them, but you know, our first year I think we won six races when we moved up to the adult class, and at that time you was racing with guys like you know Matt Gilbert, Daryl Gilbert, and uh, who else? Benji Griffin and. This people has been racing for years and years and years, so winning them was like really big to us, you know. Yeah. I meant to ask you before we got too far out of go-karts. Um, there's another kid around here running number 12. Yeah. Did, uh, did y'all race against each other coming no, to go uh We both drove for Ultramax, though. Um, I know you're a little older than him. Yeah, so when I was kind of fading out of the go-kart deal, Devin was right there in the, in his prime of it, you know. So uh, I ain't going to say he still ain't in his prime. He can wheel anything, but uh, – so I was running like gold plate and then started moving up to the adult classes, me and Daniel Simmons. And then uh, Devin was running like purple plate, and I think he was coming up to blue plate and stuff like that. So uh, when we kind of went our separate ways with Ultramax, just told him, you know, we're going to turn everything back in. And uh, I think Devin pretty much took over that role. And uh, I don't think Daniel Simmons raced much longer. I think Daniel ended up going to racing with JT uh, Steelwagon or something. So And then now Devin's pretty much the – the go-to guy there yeah uh, he's uh he's like yourself he's hell on dirt too yeah me and him we talk every day and that's 
we'd, we'd bounce off each other's notes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, like when he first got into this street stock stuff, I tried to help him a little bit, you know, and, uh, his late model's my old car. I knew it's a good one. He's, he's kicking butt in it every time he takes it somewhere. So, uh, makes me proud to see him do good. You know, uh, I like the guys with the go-kart background kind of like oh, me yeah. and, uh, kind of the same story. I hope he can pave them a good road and have a lot of success. So, um, once you switched from go-karts to cars, when did you know that, you know, that was a good fit and it was going to take off? Um, I don't know. We probably run a couple years there. I, I didn't, I had some success in cars, but I wasn't winning Bukuza races. You know what I mean? We, if we won 10 that year, we was doing jumping jacks, you know, and, uh, I guess when my career really, really took off and I started getting noticed and people wanted me to start driving here and there, it was 2018. And uh, I had sold all my stuff. I didn't own anything. And uh, I was driving for Tim Yates with Johnson Racing Engines. And uh, we run the Monster Mini Series that Scott Morgan owns. Uh, we won 48 races that year. And uh, we raced. If it was open, we was there. I, you know, I pretty much quit my job to go racing for him. So, uh we turned out to uh, have a really good year that year, and uh, there towards the end of the year, I had the opportunity to get a V8 car, and uh, that's when my four-cylinder career kind of ended. <laughs> did, did, did I hear you right? You said 48? 48 in one season, yes, sir. Good Wow. Yep. That's insane. Y'all were busy. Oh, yeah. We raced, uh, like, this weekend coming. I think there was a race Wednesday. We raced Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Good Lord. And I think we won every night. And wow. it was just crazy. <laughs> wow. I'll say. Yeah. That's, yeah. Make a old man out of me quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, so. that's cool. I mean, you're getting it, getting it, got the experience like you have because you are, yep. you're getting with it now. Yep. That's what I tell everybody. You know, I've got eye racing and stuff like that. The more you can stay behind the wheel, the better you're going to be. Yeah. And that's, that's why Devin's so good. Devin goes every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and races these go-karts at these speed factory places. He's on I racing. Man, that's what makes him a wheel, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I like it. And I like going over there and racing with him. Me and him get out there, and I get a laughing so hard I can't see straight. <laughs> My Our 16-year-old just started this I racing stuff, and uh, he, he works around the clock on that dang thing. And I'm like, son, you got school. He, he does schooling at home, and then he's just like – he does schooling on the third shift between yeah. racing or whatever. It's, <laughs> so, I mean, if he can be as good as you and and, and Devin, I'll, I'll be proud. You know, that'd be yeah. something cool. And, you know, there's a lot of people says that I racing don't transition to real racing, but it does. It really does, especially, like, on the dirt side of it. So the tracks get so slick on I racing that it's a lot of throttle control. And you find yourself racing on the same style racetracks, and it's a lot of throttle and it's a lot of visual repetition, so yeah. it helps. I used to, I don't know, this was back, what, 20 years ago, there was a, a NASCAR game, and I got pretty good at it, and I felt like it, it helped me in, a, in an asphalt car, but I mean. My wife laughs at me. She said, You're out there, you moving in the seat like you're driving. I said, Well, I'm into it, I'm getting into it. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Why not? She needs to come in and throw some dirt in your face every time. Right. I rip a tear off off or something. <laughs> is it really that? Is it that realistic though? Yeah, I feel like it. If you got really good, like a really good setup and stuff, so like you can get pedals. If you're spinning the tires, the pedals will vibrate and stuff. It's 
That's insane. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Like Chris Ferguson's probably got thirty thousand dollars in his rig. Wow. I've raced on it, man. It's crazy. Like it's an actual cockpit. <laughs> really? Yeah. I can only imagine. I seen some up at PRI this year. Some of the, you know, that had the actual cockpits. Yeah. And I'm like, this is crazy. I couldn't imagine yeah. telling my wife to let me put that in the house. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. So you moved on up from from the four cylinders into what was your your next? Your uh, we I got in a V8 running Thunder Bomber for a little bit, and then uh, had really good success in that. We uh, didn't have a lot of luck, but we had a fast piece everywhere we went. And, um, then I got a wild hair, and I decided I want to go late model racing, and. Uh, Bought a car from my buddy Dale Timms, and uh, that experience didn't go good at all. Bought that car from him, put everything on it brand new, went up there. It's when CD Chevrolet just come out with the 602. It's like 2019. That's having the new style ones. That thing made three laps and blew up. Mm. I called him. I was like, look. I was like, I made three laps in this thing. Uh I won't do any kind of warranty. I said, I think Lee Cooper and them just have one do the same thing. And y'all warrantied it. And uh, they end up not warrantying it. And, you know, I raced paycheck to paycheck at the time. So I just said, all right. Well, I called Dale. I said, you want to buy this late model back? He said, yeah. So then I went back to Thunder Bomber racing and uh, run it for a little while. And um, had a guy call me wanting to buy a car. Um, Brian Bentley and Blake Bentley. Um I said, yeah, I got one I'll sell, but it ain't going to be cheap. I said, it's a good car. And uh, they come, bought it, and then Jeff Robinson was selling his late model, um, and I bought it. Done really good in it, and then had a ride offer from Deb and Jim Blackwell, so I sold that car back to Jeff, and then Devin and them ended up with it. But, uh, yeah, it's been like a roller coaster kind of deal for me, but like where I'm at now, I feel like my roots are pretty much planted, and, you know, I hop in a late model here and there, but the street stock Thunder Bomber style racing, I like rubbing doors and throwing slide jobs and stuff. It yeah. ain't it's fun. Uh, you won up TR this year, hadn't you? And yeah, we. Uh, yeah, I think so. I run I one think. once or twice up there this year. And I've been a couple of times. I was thinking yeah. you won one night we were up yeah. there. Yeah. So, we uh, now like Keith. He likes to race for money, so you know that's kind of what we've been focusing on we're gonna this weekend we'll race uh probably three nights we'll go to livonia gaffney and uh we might go to tr friday so so i was looking through your pictures to when i was posting on the podcast page uh you've won charlotte Mm -hmm. i've won it in uh 2018 that year that we had up there that was one of the bigger races that I wanted to, I kind of circle stuff that I'd like to win, and, and when you win it, it's pretty cool. But I won it uh, in 18, and then I won it last year in Thunder Bomber. It's pretty so, cool. Yep, yep. Did you, did, did you run any of the races at Bristol when they were doing any of that? No, we wanted to go, but, you know, you just kind of price stuff out, you know, hotel rooms and stuff like that. It, is, it wasn't feasible for what they was paying. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I'm sure. So. So, you know, you see you've raced at Charlotte. Uh, outside of this area, have you done a lot of any traveling? A lot of traveling outside the southeast? I traveled more when I raced go-karts than I did anything. You know, we uh, raced at Fruitland Park, Florida. Um, we've been to Jasper, Florida, Kentucky, and stuff like that. But as far as the cars goes, 
I really ain't. I've been to Phoenix City, Alabama. It's probably about the farthest I've been. Okay. So. Have you ran the Talladega dirt track? No, I ain't never been there. I'd like to go, but uh, when I was going to pick up my new street stock car, they was racing out there at the Ice Bowl, and we passed right by. I was watching it on TV in the truck going down the road, but... <laughs> Be a cool one to go to, yeah. Yeah. isn't it? Right, it's pretty close to being right across from Big Track, isn't it? Yeah, it's right beside it. So if you you pass the dirt track and about a half a mile on the left, you can see the super speedway there. So okay, uh, that's pretty cool. I don't think they had that built when I was down there. It's been a long time. Yeah. So, so um, out of the right, what would you say? You know, out of the races, what is some of the ones your wins other than Charlotte that stick out? You know, you said you had some circled, or some of those that you had circled that you've raced in. Uh, Charlotte would be pretty much at the top of the list just because it's a kind of a historic place there. But uh, the Richard Johnson Memorials, they was really big to me because Richard was one of the first people that I met when I raced uh, young guns and stuff, and he was doing my motors before Tim took over. And uh, we made a pretty good relationship, and we um, I think we've won three or four of his memorial races, so that's pretty cool. Uh, then the Red Eubanks Memorial, I met Red as he was kind of getting sick and wasn't doing good. Um, ended up winning two of his races. and uh, But my holy grail was probably last weekend. That's the biggest race I've ever won in my life, and it still seems unreal, you know. So to win $10,000 like that on in a street stock style car is just un- unbelievable. Pretty dang awesome, I thought. Yeah. But I know, it, you know, we're asphalt guys and it spread like wildfire you know yeah. that you had won and you know pretty cool yeah. pretty cool deal i thought yeah you know we, the week before we flipped three times and pretty much destroyed the race car so we had three days to get it ready and so that's what i tell everybody you know it's a it's a testimony to how much i love the sport how much everybody around me loves the sport i mean i had people calling me and people showing up to the shop and this everybody putting hands on, bringing parts, getting parts. And, you know, it just – I never thought we would have done it, you know. I was talking to Tim Stevens. I was like, hey, man, you think I can drive your car? <laughs> I want to race this race. Yeah. Well, how how much damage did the car get chassis-wise? far as chassis goes, it didn't bend the bar in it. Wow. The only thing it done was uh, it bent all the ball joints, all your bolt-on parts. So – I mean, it was still an expensive fix, but it wasn't spending $30,000 on a new race car expensive. So that was a blessing. Uh, it kind of tickled me, man. We we put everything back together on it and got it all back on the ground. I, I just eyeballed everything. I used the same tie rods, the same center link, and everything that I flipped with. When I set it back on the ground, it was towed out an eighth of an inch. I said, that's where I had it last week when I went to the racetrack before I flipped. So. <laughs> Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I was shocked. I was like, well, I know I'm, I either put it back together or it didn't hurt it. So. Yeah, that's pretty freaking cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, wow. Mm. So. Something else. So uh, what what kind of plans you got going on for the future? Uh, I really don't know. I mean, like I say, right now I'm pretty much content with where I'm at. Uh, I've got a, a late model ride for a guy named Steven Seegers. Uh, it's a really good piece. We went to Livonia this past weekend, and uh, before the rain come, we were sitting on the outside pole. Um, felt like we had a really good piece. Uh, just kind of using it as a test session. Uh, we're going to go this weekend, Sunday, to Gaffney. 
5,000 a win, mid-east, 602 series. I think it's like 68 laps or something crazy. I ain't never run that many laps in a late model. So kind of curious to see how the tire holds up because you can walk out on Gaffney. A lot of people don't understand it, man. That place has got rocks, like boulders in it. Really? Yeah, it's really, really abrasive. So you got to search a lot. and But, I mean, they're doing good. I think, you know, that's what I told them. I was like, man, y'all plow this thing up and run a tater rake through it and try to get some of these rocks out. But, uh. I don't know. That's the best Cherokee's ever been. So hats off to that track crew, man. That place has been locked down on the bottom for like the past five years. And I was throwing sparks off the wall up there, you know. Good so Lord. that's that's pretty cool to do there. I might have to come up and watch one time. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. The place your mama warned you about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only time I ever been there, I went. It was a half mile, and yeah. I was like bored out of my mind. It was, you know, everybody talks about asphalt racing. It was single file racing in yeah. all classes, and I'm like, this is crazy. Yep. Exactly right. And that's the everybody talks about it needs to go back to a half mile. Every video I've ever watched, it sucks. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think a little tight bull ring yeah. type racing better. I, anyway. You know, that's that's what the fans want to see. Whether whether we like it or not, in the car, they want to they want to see that guy like Michael Barber that goes out there and puts dents in doors <laughs> and you know and shows out a little bit. I remember when I was a kid going to Riverside, man. Him and Lamar Jordan would get after it. And Lamar Jordan was seven foot tall. Michael didn't care. He pulled up there one night and pushed Lamar Jordan out of Victor Lane. I was Good like, Lord. man, y'all wild. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, I was telling you before the show, he he got into that car the other night up there, and that poor little kid flipped over, and I was like, there. But what I was laughing about was his sister saying they've raced all them years, and we ain't hit nobody. And I'm like, I, I haven't been to – hardly any dirt racing in, in 20 years. And I've been to three this year and he's hit every car on the track that I've seen. And I'm like, Darren, I guess she's, yeah. <laughs> she's been wearing some real dark sunglasses and yeah. not seeing what's going on. Yeah. So he's, he's always been like that. That's one thing he, he don't care. He, he comes to win, you know, and yeah. he don't care how he gets them. <laughs> well, that, um, I think it was a black three. He, he put a spanking on him. I was, I didn't, I was shocked. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, Donnie's been wearing them out up there, and yeah. uh, I think that's Justin Pierce is who that is. They I race with his dad in the street stop stuff, so they got a little bit of knowledge there. You know that stuff all transitions. You know yeah. that's from late model racing to Thunder Bomber racing. I mean, it all trickles down. There's some something you can take from anything and bring it to another car. So yeah, that's good because it uh to me like the lower division cars on asphalt, there's nothing that compares to a a late model car, yeah. you can't. I guess you could get your loose and tight and how to adjust them, but that's yeah. That's like I was telling you. I I do some asphalt stuff on my dirt car. You know, everybody yeah. says throw a sway bar in the trash, but I like them. So, <laughs> you run a big bar or a little bar? I run a little bar on my really? car, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's night and day difference when the racetrack slows down and gets slick. I mean, it's definitely uh helps the car rotate on entry and gives you a little bit of drive off. So. I know when I first started paying attention to dirt cars, everybody's got lead mounted up high, and I'm walking around going, what the heck are they doing? You yeah. know, it didn't look safe for one thing. Right. But, I mean, that's what everybody says. It helps the car roll over onto the right rear. Yeah, see, I, I think opposite of everybody else. I do my own little thing. But, uh, I, you know, I've it's from trial and error, you know. Yeah. So, I like, I feel like you get more side bite with the lead down low. Huh. You know, if you can keep the car flat, it's going to be better. Yeah. Because, I mean, the more body roll you got, the more you're unloading that left rear tire. And that left rear is very, very important on dirt. Oh, yeah. So, uh, 
it's it's just crazy. I know I, we like them low and left, yeah. you know, and yeah. and then I've seen guys with forty pound chunks right here near their their helmet. And I'm going, these guys are crazy. Yeah. Exactly right. So it's insane. You don't never know what you're gonna see on dirt. <laughs> yeah, is a. I got to see a front wheel drive car a few weeks ago. I was telling everybody is that it was. I guess the best way to describe it was when I when I would draw race cars when I was three or four years old. There was a front wheel drive car that actually looked like that car. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that's crazy because yeah. I mean it was a little squared off car. It was kind of funny. Yeah, and I mean I don't, I don't knock all of them. You ain't, you got guys like Eddie McGrew and and you know. Yeah. Donovan Beecham and these guys, they race the SCDRA. I mean, they got nicer cars than most street stock guys do, you know, so. Yeah, that dang old Eddie, I got, I've got i got a chance a couple of times to be up close to his car, and it's, it's amazing that the work them boys have gotten that car. And, it, uh, and Donovan, they, he, he just lives right around the corner from us, and he'll bring his car over here. And the dang motors in them darn things. Oh, yeah, they're making 300 horsepower out <laughs> yeah, of it. out of a little four-cylinder. Yeah. I'm like, Two what liters, the heck? yeah. That's what I used to give them crap. I say I got, I got more liters in my refrigerator than y'all do under the hood. <laughs> <laughs> but now, uh, Donovan and his son went to Anderson with us and practiced Sunday, and I, I was just I'm blown away seeing that little freaking car on asphalt. It was yeah. a rocket. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, those boys are, they, they got it going on with oh, their yeah. deal. Yep, yep. So, um, you ain't never had any plans to drive another little front wheel drive, have you? I've, I've drove one one time and. It was, uh, we were sitting out there at three friends, and it was JJ's before he got a Thunder Bomber car. We was all sitting there. I think it might have been the Randy Hill Memorial or something at TR. And uh, I was pretty good buddies with Randy. I said, man, I said, what's your car need? He said, it just needs an oil change. I said, let me drive it. You know, JJ's 365 pounds <laughs> and like 6'6". Six, six. I was like, he's like, you can't fit in the seat. I said, yeah, I can they own that junkyard, so I went over there to a Honda Accord and cut the seat cushions out of it and just stuck them in his seat, and that's how I drove that night at the racetrack. Wow. We uh, ended up running second. I think Joey Kelly won it, but uh, that was fun. Yeah. Have you ever done any asphalt? I've run some laps in a car, and uh, it reminded me a lot like go-kart racing. You know, it's real smooth, slow, and yeah. just hitting your marks, you know, so – what they say, uh, uh, asphalt late model. They, I've heard a lot of drivers say that it yeah. compares to a go kart. Yeah. That's what like Jeffrey Cummer. You know, I race, come up racing go karts with him and Trey Gibson and them. So to see them have success in it, so I kind of you know I was like, it's got to be a lot like a go kart. Those guys just come straight from go karts and went out there and was running good. But yeah. you know, Randy ain't no slouch either about being no. the brains of the operation. So oh, yeah. those guys uh, had a lot of knowledge behind them too. So. Oh yeah, that's a pretty cool deal. So, um, primarily, like primarily, what's your plan now? Basically, just like chase big bunny races, or do you want to get with a touring series, or what's what do you look at? Um, to hit the money stuff right now, I mean, you basically got to follow a touring series like the the Ultimate Street Stock Challenge deal that we're running. Um, the next race is at Deep South Speedway, it's down near Pensacola, Florida. Um, so you, it's a three day show down there too, but, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a, got a qualifier on Friday night is paying $2,000 to win the qualifier. And then you got a 50 lap main on Saturday. It's paying 5,000 and, um, they pay a really good points purse. I think it's like $10,000 to win the points. So, uh, you know, if you, 
if you go around here and you run for seven, eight hundred dollars on a weekly show, I mean, nine times out of ten, they ain't gonna wet the racetrack enough. You're gonna burn your right rear tire up, if not three tires. And you know, tires one hundred seventy dollars a piece. So if you win seven hundred and you eat on the way there, put fuel in your truck, you might make a hundred. So mm-hmm. it just if you're gonna go race, you might as well just go for it all. You know, mm-hmm. that's the way I see it. Oh yeah, no doubt. Oh, we need to take a little commercial break if that's cool with our producer here. Are you looking for someone to do a dreaded painting project? I'm talking about residential and or commercial. Look no further and contact Maccabee Painting. These guys have been around for 15 years with 29 years of experience. The owner, Benji, is a third generation painter and knows his stuff. They can also take care of all of your pressure washing needs or deck repairs and staining. Again, if you're looking for someone to come and do an amazing painting job, either residential or commercial, if you got pressure washing needs or you just need your deck repaired and stained, call Maccabee's Painting at 864-395-9744. Not a jack of a lot of trades, but definitely a master of one. Again, that number is 864-395-9744. 9744 and tell them that the guys from a checkered pass podcast sent you. For all your handyman needs, call Robert or Hall with Hall's All Hands on Decks. 864 213 7502. No job is too small or too big from fixing water lines to building decks, even minor roof repair, and everything in between. Again, that number is 864-213-7502. Have you been driving around town and got into a little fender bender and now you need your car repaired? Look no further. Go talk to Blake Jeter at Powdersville Collision Repair, located at 415 Three Bridges Road in Powdersville. He specializes in insurance and auto body repairs. That address again is 415 Three Bridges Road in Powdersville. Check out Powdersville Collision Repair and and tell Blake the guys from a Checkered Pass podcast sent you. For all your automotive and heavy equipment, foreign and domestic, alternators, and starter needs contact jeans alternator and starter tell them that you heard about it on the checker pass podcast give them a call at 864-246-3036 it's jeans alternator and starter all right we had to thank the ones who, who make all this possible all this talking possible we do here oh Take what I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, so you uh, you had that big ten thousand order. They got any more coming up? Any any big races like that? Yeah, uh, like I say, the one after Deep South. Um, I think we'll be going to Why Not? I think it's gonna be a five thousand there. But they uh, they got the one called the Street Stock Nationals. They'll probably be ninety to a hundred cars there for that race, and I think it's paying fifteen or twenty thousand dollars this year. So. Dang. That's something I'm looking forward to. They okay. said that place is awesome, and there ain't nothing else like it. And so where's it at? It's in uh, Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, so about a nine-hour ride. Good Lord. But 
go make the upstate proud. Yeah. Yeah, that'd maybe. be cool. Be cool, yeah, for sure. That's uh like I say, we're statement race cars is the people who built my street stock. Uh they're out there in that area and uh every time they go they're pretty much spot on, you know, so um maybe we got some good notes going out there and good Lord willing and the creek don't rise with a little bit of luck, we uh might bring home some money. But uh That'd be pretty dang awesome. Yeah, it would be. It uh, makes these upstate boys, I like, you know, any asphalt, dirt, or whatever, I like for them all to go out all over the country and make some noise. And yeah. That was our biggest thing is, you know, everybody thinks you enemies at the racetrack. Yeah. Uh, Rod don't like Devin, and Rod don't like Blake Bentley, and none of them boys like each other. But, you know, we all in a group chat, truth come to it. But uh, that's what I told him. I said, I don't care if I win or y'all win. I said, we got to keep this money in South Carolina, boys. Yeah. I said, we ain't letting nobody from Mississippi come out here and take $10 out of our backyard, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's a, you, you think there's a lot of rivals, you know, but yeah. they, you know, deep down everybody everybody tries to do their thing. Exactly right. I mean, when you're at that racetrack, you're there for one reason. Everybody knows that, you know. Yeah. That's, if you ain't rolling in the gate to win, why are you even showing up? Yeah, exactly. You know? you stay so, at the house. Exactly right. That's what it's all about. So what would you say some of the biggest challenges are to, you know, join race or touring series versus, you know, just running local at TR or, you know, in the area? What are some of the things that are different or you have to prepare for? Um, you know, the biggest thing about racing local is, you know, this is for TR instance. I'm not picking on Eddie Ray or anything like that. He prepares that racetrack the same way every week. So if you go up there with the same setup and you win and you get your car spot on, you can pretty much go back every week with that same setup and run first, second, or third. You go travel with these guys, they've liable not have raced on why not in six months. So that racetrack's been sitting there and that dirt's done got dry and it's liable to – it's liable to be wet all night or it's liable to dry out and rubber up. You don't never know. So uh, racing with these guys that do it pretty much for a living, you know, like Chad Thrash, he owns a race car business. He, Project X, he, he don't do nothing but race. So when you when you come up to the racetrack and I'm a Monday through Thursday working guy and I work on my stuff, you know, a little bit every night of the week, to go be competitive with those guys who do it every day of the week, hey, it makes you want to pat yourself on the back and uh, – they ain't nobody that rolls in that gate in a street stock car that ain't got a chance to win. So they was 57 cars up there at Gaffney, and, you know, I was just the lucky one to cross checker flag first the way I see it. So um, how many guys do you have helping you out? It's uh, most of the time me, my daddy Keith, and uh, Brian Dorita. That's about it. You know, uh, during the week, uh, if the race car is at the house, I'm under it by myself. So if it ever falls on me. Maybe they'll find me before I turn blue. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> you get that's the when you get the best work done is when you're around there and don't have a oh, bunch yeah. of distractions. Like a right, go out there, turn the radio on, and just go underneath of it, and you can do the best thinking, you know. Oh yeah, so. believe me, I get. We got we've got so much going on. It's it's complicated. I yep. like to just come down here when ain't nobody around. Yep, that's me. That's me. Go out there at ten, eleven o'clock at night when you can't sleep. Yeah, you can think about some stuff that you ain't never thought about to do to a race car to make it better. Oh, yeah, it gets scary on them late-night thoughts on what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. be out there done had the darn thing tore apart. <laughs> <laughs> Many a times. Yeah, yeah. My wife's like, what are you doing? I was like, I thought of something I want to try. I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's me. That's funny. You don't never know if it's going to work or not. It's the so. only way to learn. Yep. 
So, um, what would you say your favorite track? Do you have a favorite track or a favorite group? Far as uh, racetracks around here, far as getting up on the wheel and it's fun to drive. Lawrence County Speedway is probably one of them, but uh, far as weekly racing, most competitive guys to race against on a weekly night would be Gaffney. You can go up there. Those guys, this. We've always said that. So my daddy said, he said, if you can go to Gaffney and win, you can go anywhere and win because those guys really, really do their homework up there. And, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of history there, you know, like uh, for a long time, you know, my buddy Trent Ivey, he raced up there weekly. You know, his dad, Petey Ivey, you know, raced super late models, so he had a lot of knowledge. And then you got the Dylan Brown boys and John Ruggiero's and stuff like that up there, man, I'm telling you so. If you go up there and you win and in any class at Cherokee, you done you done something. Yeah. So, um, what would you say? So, kind of on the same subject, what would you say like your biggest rival or your favorite person to race against? Like who who gets you up on the wheel when you're racing against them? Uh, more than likely, my the most fun, favorite person I like to race against is Wally Fowler, just because he's a legend. You know what I mean? If yeah. Yeah, it don't matter if Wally runs 10th and I win, and I'm like, hey, I ain't run Wally Fowler, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But uh, me and Blake Bentley is probably, we rivals, but we're not rivals, you know what I mean? So it's the, I always say it's the battle of the 12s, me, him, and Devin. So <laughs> somehow, some way, us three is always on the racetrack together. So it's fun, and uh, I know if Blake's behind me, I better be elbows up. And if, I'm, if he's in front of me or Devin's in front of me, however it is, we uh, – we're going to race each other as hard as we can race each other. But, uh, you know, that's just like the other week when we flipped. Blake was leading it, and I was on his bumper, and that lap car was in the middle of the racetrack. And Blake, that boy ended up coming up in front of Blake and tore up both our race cars. But uh, I'm just glad we was able to get them back together and get back to the track. Blake actually ran second to me at that 10 dollars an hour race. So it was pretty cool. Both of us tore up race cars, and both of us come back and had a really good night. So. Yeah, it is cool. Um, I got a really dumb question about dirt racing. Uh-huh. And you was talking about I, I was thinking about it when you was talking about Eddie Ray a while ago. Why when they pack the track do they go their opposite way than you drive on it? They say that it packs the dirt better or something because it rolls it one way and it rolls it the other way and it kinda laces it together but Yeah. It's dirt. That's what I said. It don't matter how <laughs> you roll. They don't on. know which way it's been run then over. Then we all go out there and sling it everywhere. Yeah. What I, what I my biggest pet peeve about dirt track racing around here is, if you watch it on TV when Davenport all these super late mall guys race, they don't ever take a pack truck out there and roll the top of the racetrack in. Huh. You know, it, it might not be an inch tall cushion. Yeah. But for one lap. If I'm the outside pole man and the bottom's dominant, I might be able to clear that guy through one and two off that little bit of lip. I might be able to use the right rear off of it. But they'll go out there and roll it flat, and then it's just slimy all the way to the wall. You yeah. know, so I ain't never understood that. It's, it's a pet peeve of mine. Well, my daddy told me he said, uh, he got up so high the other night. He, he he said, I felt a bump in the track in the turn. I was like, well, you was over the cushion, you dummy. Yeah. It, so. It's an adventure. Yep. Oh. Uh, yeah, that dirt racing. Yeah, I just, I've always wondered. I, like I said, I've seen Eddie Ray doing it, and I don't do dirt. I work in it every day. I ain't going to go in. I don't like doing it on the weekend. So <clears throat> I know it might people might think I'm an idiot for asking why they do that. But yeah, I ain't never understood it. They, this is something they've always done. 
I think one person might have done it by accident, and everybody copied it. <laughs> monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of that in racing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've seen people paint a pink line on their tire, and then before you know it, everybody on pit road's got a pink yeah. line painted on exactly. their tire. Exactly. Right. That's what my daddy said. He said, you can go out there with a banana hanging off the back of it, and next week somebody's going to do it. Yeah. It's so. insane, the stuff people do. Yeah. Like the the NASCAR cars years ago when they or when they started that skewing them down the straightaway. Mm-hmm. I sit in turn one at Greenville one night, and half the field come down the straightaway and look like they were pointing at the outside wall. And yeah. I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah. See, it's crazy that y'all skew them that way to get the spoiler in the air or out of there, I guess you should say, and then we skew them the opposite way. So if you if you stand in front of a dirt lake model, the, the front end's to the left instead of to the right. Yeah. And then the back of the car is way over to the right just to try to get that yeah. side bite. So. Those dang cars are, when they're just sitting there, you know, they look wild looking how that front end's all twisted and all. Yeah. But once they, they roll over and do yeah. their thing, it, it's pretty mean looking coming Yeah, at so, you. like, my car, my nose is like 12 inches off the ground. And when I turn in the corner, it's touching. So. Darn. But we travel like six inches on the right front. And, you know, at dynamic, we got like probably 24 degrees of camber in the right front. When I jack my car up doing the bump steer and all that, it's 24 degrees of camber in the right front. Wow. I need some, you do some explaining out here on our car because our car looks like it's a stump jumper. Yeah. And it, it never changes. I was watching Dad the other night and it goes down the straightaway and then when he could get it to turn, it still, it stayed the same all the way around the turn. It yeah. just, I'm like, this thing looks funny. Yeah. And then, of course, we was running softer springs than, than what you were telling, so. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's, a lot of people do it different, you know, and it's, he's a good baseline, like I say. I, you know, if everybody that I help, I try to put them on a baseline set up, and then I say, hey, look, you know, call me when you get to the racetrack. You tell me what the car doing. I can pretty much tell you what to do to it. So, yeah. But it's just come from years and years and years of doing it and trial and error, and so pretty neat. Oh, yeah. And you you told me what you're 28, so you've been yeah. at it since you were. Yeah, you, that's all I know. Yeah. yeah, that's what I told somebody. I said I ain't professional in nothing. I said, but I'm pretty good at knowing race car stuff. So. Yeah, that's that's me. I don't I don't know nothing outside of the, anything or anything outside of this shop. All I want to do is race and think yeah. racing. That's what my wife says. She said, if we go to a restaurant, you think you'd talk to the waiter about racing? <laughs> I said, that's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> I get that same thing, trust me. It's insane. Well, I hate to cut the show short, uh, but uh, well, you I got gonna, any more questions yeah, I was you want to So, just for, like, you know, the, the base fan or maybe an asphalt fan that doesn't know as much about dirt. So, when y'all are out, like, walking the track or looking the track, what are some of the things you're looking for, like? Because I know, you know, you look for whether it's we're going to rubber in or dry, wet. I mean, what's some of the things you're looking for? I look a lot like uh, just moisture patches and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, you can you can tell if a racetrack's going to rubber up or not pretty easy. But um, it'll, it'll get really shiny. And if it starts to dull out, say if you see the bottom groove just start getting really, really, really dull, it's more than likely going to rubber up. But, uh, you know, you want to you wanna look at the racetrack and see – how much moisture still there, if it's blading off, if you think it's going to blow off and, and, and go to the top. You know, like uh, I walked around Cherokee before the $10,000 race and uh, was just kind of kicking my feet around. I, I always take the hill of my racing shoe and just kind of see if I can imprint the racetrack. And, uh, up top was just really, really, you know, just hard. And 
they didn't do nothing but just plow it up and just rolled it back in a little bit. I told my daddy, I said, I'm on about 20 laps in. I said, if ain't nobody on the top, I said, I'm going to go up there and try it. I said, it felt good. So, and, uh, sure enough, we, we run ninth or tenth about the whole race. And then I always try to get my daddy to give me hand signals, like, you know, just 20 laps, 10 laps. And, you know, he showed me there was like 20 to go. So I'm blasted up to the top. And just sure enough, we drove up through there. But uh, it was just something that I found before everybody else did. And if I probably wouldn't have walked the racetrack, I probably would have never moved up there. I'd probably been down there on the bottom with everybody else. But uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah. So you picked up quite a bit of speed. Oh, yeah. I, from going from the bottom to the top, I picked up four tenths. Good Lord. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that high, wide, and handsome yeah. line worked out. Yep. Yeah. So, so how many people do you have behind you after uh, that? Believe it or not, I think Chad Thrash and Caleb McLaughlin was the only two that got up there with me. Wow. I just, you know, it kind of puzzled me, but, you know. I know on asphalt, it's, you don't see a lot of people go to the top. It's like if they don't, if they're not bottom feeders, they. Yeah. It's, it's silly to be honest with you. Yep. I mean, you go where there aren't. There yep. aren't. Seeing like y'all's, if y'all start getting rubber down there, y'all get slick, you know, and on that dirt we get to where we can run basically wide open. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. So, huh. I guess being around it as long as you have, you can read it. I know to me it's just like black dirt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. So. But I know TR last week, it looked like it was really, really rubbered up. I mean, it was. It looked, it looked like an asphalt track in the turns. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And I see a lot of people think, like, uh, when that racetrack gets black like that, they want to tighten their race cars up. I free up. Huh. Yep. So, just, I don't know, traits of the trade, I guess, you learn over the years. So. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I know. Hey, go ahead. I'm I know another thing I didn't, didn't know or didn't, you know, realize was, I guess it was, you know, the tire wear. Apparently, if their dirt is races run during the day, then it just kills the tires. Cause I think it was last year it was like the World 100 or something. It got postponed until mm-hmm. Sunday, and then they eventually had to cut it from like 100 to 50 laps. Because oh, yeah. what's the deal with the tire wear and the, the heat or the sun or this, whatever? I mean, we can cut our tires and stuff like that. You can sap them and groove them and all that stuff. But uh, like at Gaffney, we run 60 laps, and the racetrack wasn't that dry. And it's just really abrasive dirt, you know. So uh, you go somewhere like Eldora or – Sonoya, why not, places like that. That stuff's like gumbo. It's just, it don't never get hard. It just it just kind of blades up, and then it just slicks off. It's like you clear coat it, basically. So I know uh, we had David Smith on, and he was telling us about he, Sonoya. He, he loves the dirt down there. Yeah. So It seems like, who was, did, did Larson or somebody go down there win this year? And it seems like the dirt's yellow. Yeah, it's, uh. They go down there, man, and they'll start out in qualifying. They'll be going like 1460s. And then when the Supers go out there to run their main event, they're going 18-second lap times. That's how much the racetrack slows down. Good Lord. Steve, I think the yellow is the pollen on top of the dirt. (laughs) Very well could be. I know I I was thinking it was my TV because I was like, what in the world? It was just a a, a goldish-looking, weird-looking dirt. That's what uh, a guy, Mark Newton, he called it the gumbo. So. I don't know where they get it. It looks like they dig it out of the bottom of Lake Hartwell or something. Yeah. Well, when rumor had it that that um, Scott Childress was buying Anderson, the rumor was that they was going to get dirt from wherever Sonoya is and bring yep. it up here and put on Anderson. Yep. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, that's what uh, my dad, they used to come to Anderson when he was a kid when it was dirt and stuff. He said so. he was kind of looking forward to it, you know, 
being an old root style racer, but uh, kind of glad that deal fell through. I like, you know, y'all asphalt guys got to have swear to race too. So oh, yeah. I hope they can do something with Greenville Pickens. There's uh, a lot of heritage there, and yeah. So well, that's what this gentleman here for. He's he's his dad was the owner of Greenville Pickens Speedway, yeah. so he's going to come in after we speak with you or finish up with you yeah. and tell us a little bit of an update of what's going on. His dad probably knows the guy I drive for real good. Uh, all them doomed demolition cars back in the day. Oh, <laughs> Keith yeah. Williams, yeah. yeah. That's the guy I drive for. I think him and Mr. Blackwell <laughs> yeah. had a few words a time or two. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, that was that was Tom's way of letting yeah. you know that, uh, yeah. that he liked you. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Keith pulled in one day and he crawled under his car with a flashlight. He said, take it back to the house. You ain't running it. <laughs> Keith said, this ain't the one I'm running, Tom. I just wanted to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, I always enjoyed Keith. He's a good dude. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Really good guy. He, uh, anything we need for a race car, he'll get it, I'll tell you that. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing it. So uh, he's been a blessing in my life, and I'm very, very thankful for him. Yeah, it's cool to get hooked up with, you know, someone, and yeah. then you, you'd have a background with them too, so yeah. that is pretty neat. So, yeah. yeah. I, I was fortunate enough a few years back to, to be able to drive for somebody, and, you know, it was just him spending and doing yeah. whatever, so it worked yeah. out pretty cool. It's, I mean, it, I love it, but at the same time, I like winning in my own stuff, too. You know, it seems like it means a little bit more, but uh, I feel like it is my own stuff as much as he lets me take care of it, so yeah. I enjoy it. That's good that you have a relationship like that with him to, yeah. you know, kind of let you do whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, you bring me $10,000 home, he'll do what you want to do, too. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah. so I guess – all right, so I guess we have to ask the question. Is there any aspirations or has there been any thoughts of going to a super and doing Lucas Oil or World of Outlaws? No, not unless y'all can talk somebody into it for me. But I guess that's the question. If the opportunity no, came, if, would you take it? If it came, I, I wouldn't run no crazy schedule like that. Not having a three-year-old daughter at home, I like spending time with her. So, uh, you know, like – I, I hats off to Jonathan Davenport and Tyler Herb and Dennis Herb, all these guys, man, that race like they do. I couldn't do it. They run 99 to 110 races a year. You know, that's, that's, that's insane. I run 50 and I'm like gassed out and ready for winter time. You know, three yeah. month break. I need it. <laughs> I know we, our schedule back when the Blackwells was running the track. You know, we would have 20, 22 races a year, and then then once Kevin got it and they leased it or whatever. We was what fourteen, sixteen yeah, races basically every other week. Every other yeah. week, and it was like, what in the world? But now I look and think, and I did like that because I could, you know, race yeah. this week and go to the go out with the wife the next yeah. week. I guess it all depends on how you're running that year too. So if you had a year like JD did last year and you win two million dollars, yeah, I'll be I'll be smiling every time rolling the gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks like he seems yeah. like he's struggling a little bit this year. Yeah, you know, it's it happens. That dirt racing's humbling. Any kind of racing's humbling. You know, that's that's why I told somebody, I said, this man won $2 million last year. And I said, I think he's won eight races all year this year. So, yeah. But uh, it's pretty cool. I'm really good buddies with him and Chris Madden and people like that. So, when I do race my late model stuff, if I got something that's got me stumped, I, you know, I, I won't be scared to call Chris Madden. He'll answer. So, uh, Chris, really good guy. Him, Trent Ivy, all those guys. So That's cool to build a relationship yeah. with the older guys that's been yeah. around. Yeah. Lord knows it. Yeah. A little bit of knowledge that there might be something there you're missing. Exactly so. right. So, Pretty cool. Well, Rod, we appreciate you coming in and talking with us this evening. Uh, yeah. 
been cool to learn about you. I appreciate y'all having me, man. I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, so, like I say, I hope y'all have really good success and let this thing continue to grow. And maybe yeah, we, someday y'all have Kenny Wallace or somebody like that in here. <laughs> well, my buddy out here, he's he's good friends with Michael Waltrip and Kurt Bush, and I can't get any of them. But you yeah. know, they. I don't know that I'd you know I'd like to have Kenny Wallace. Yeah, he's, he's a freaking nut. Yeah. yeah, but uh, it's been pretty cool. I, we we really want to. You know, like I said, we're asphalt guys, but we want to yeah. talk about all kind of racing. Yeah. I want to have uh, – going to try to get Scotty Cannon, the former drag racer, on. Yeah. So, just uh, – we want to do everybody we can yeah. really. Get all racing. aspects of yeah. it, see. But it's, it's super cool to, you know, to have a, a young man like yourself in here that's uh, it's a damn hot shoe. And, yeah. you know, I'm honored that, that, that you come in with us. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You were the- highly spoken of around the, the racing world yeah. dirt or asphalt yeah. i appreciate it so uh thanks everybody for uh the kind words and uh it means a lot so uh keep my head down and keep grinding yeah, That's it. so yeah with thank you for coming in i mean like i say you're a racer's racer and just brought home 10 grand and i mean like i say you do a lot of it on your own yeah through the so. week so i mean we're it's an honor to have you to come in and um big fan and just Keep doing anything and representing the upstate. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Y'all give me some stickers. We'll slap them on the race car. We can support y'all a little bit. We'll do that. We'll do I know you got to have some proud parents. So uh, Yeah. So, so uh, you know, that's, everybody asked me if my dad raced or proud whatever. Proud wife, too. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody asked me if my dad raced or anything, but, no, nah, he ain't never raced. He's been just a really good crew chief. So, that's why I told somebody. He's uh, – it wasn't for him. I wouldn't be where I am, you know. So, and uh, – I want to give a shout-out to David Roberts. He taught me a lot, a lot, a lot about front-end geometry, and everybody that races know how important front-end stuff is. So. You got that right. And you couldn't get much better person than David to teach you anything. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, I want to give him a shout-out. Like I say, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be successful as I am. Uh, I can drop plumb bobs and do all that bump steer stuff. My daddy looks at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, this how David showed me how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, if it works, it works. Yeah. Like right, so. yeah. I mean, you're doing something, right? That's you're doing right. it. Like yeah. right. Well, like I say, we appreciate you coming mm-hmm. on and not trying to rush you off. Oh, no, I know you fine. got a three-year-old at home. and Yeah, she's and, probably and hungry. Got to get home to his proud wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got mine over here elbowing me, telling yeah. me. So. But uh, Rod Tucker, everyone, thanks for coming in, buddy. Thank you, man. All right, we got us a special guest in here after the show. Uh, Mark Blackwell is going to come in and give us an update on the Grimble Pickens situation and hopefully some good news. Yeah, everything's going well still. We, we, we still can't pull the trigger and give the news yet, but uh, we think the news is all good. Everything going, it's, everything's going very well. Um, we still need everybody's help in every way possible. We still need... Definitely need sponsors, more sponsors. We need more partners, but everything is really good on track. And we don't want to sound like a broken record because we've been saying that for a while, but that's just the reality of it. We're getting, if anybody's listening, thinking we're getting impatient, we want to get the season started, just imagine how we feel because we've got to get out there. But uh, when we get the, uh, the paperwork done, there's insurance, there's NASCAR, all that stuff is in the process. And uh, we can make a proper announcement about what's going to happen then. But uh, it's looking good. And um, I think the last update I gave wound up on the cutting room floor or whatever because of the power outage. You yes. remember that? Yes. But uh, I do want to repeat that your driver's challenge went really well. And so 
we've extended it and we're going to re-up it soon and, and promote it some more. So we really appreciate that $1,000 driver's challenge. And uh, I know, you know, you, you uh, really stepped up to the plate by giving us 1000 and then other drivers have followed. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, and so we're going to try to ramp that back up in the next – between now and the hopeful opening date, which we're going to announce soon if we can get it – if we can pull it off, and it looks like it's going to happen. Yeah. That's good. I was telling Crystal and wasn't trying to be a kind of a jackass about it, but I was telling her when she was to talk to you because I've had numerous drivers, you know, and people contact me like, "Hey, we tired of hearing soon, soon. It's getting close, and we we kind of getting bored with it." And I was like, well, "Just just be patient." Everybody. Yeah, like I say, if you can imagine, if 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 you're listening to this and getting impatient, imagine being in the middle of it and getting impatient. Oh, I, so, I mean, because you're here from it, L.A. and just yeah. Putting off your time. I've put my time flying back for like five times, literally. And I'm supposed to go back on Thursday, but I'm probably not. But uh, we're very impatient too. But these things, every time one, every time you close one door and say, "Okay, we're sorted this out," three other ones you got to figure out. Exactly. But we're we're almost there. The the um, we're waiting on insurance that's supposed to be sorted out by tomorrow. You know, you got contract, you got uh, NASCAR, you got all this stuff, but. we can't say it's a done deal until it's a done deal is basically yeah. where we're at. Oh, but yeah, no doubt. One really cool thing um, that we've been talking to the Save the Speedway people that did North Wilkesboro, and, you know, that was so inspiring to watch over the weekend, you know, and over this past week, you know, mm-hmm. all this, all everything going on there and how beautiful the track looked. and just, Mind-blowing. Yeah, up. it's amazing what they did. And um, we've been in touch with them a lot about them helping us and we didn't want to bug them for the past couple of weeks because we knew they were you know yeah everything they'd worked for was sort of going to be on tv all week long and um this was the big week and uh he called me out of the blue today and said let's go you know and so he's gonna jump there save the speedways jumping on board with us to help us and so uh that's awesome yeah and so they know what they're doing uh jackie and i kind of know what we're doing by now because we've we've been we've we've been doing it but these guys have already done it and so they're going to be a big help i think and uh uh, they've been giving me advice they've been giving jackie and i advice for a couple months now um but now they're going to get an active participation and 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 help us out that's great news yeah that was really good that was you know once again it's inspiring it was inspiring to watch everything they did and then have the guy call me and say like hey you know we want to do this with you guys you know Heck so yeah yeah that's uh I, i've seen the transformation of that place i was there last august when they held a race and then went back last week and it was mind-blowing the difference in a year made or 10 months made yeah it's been interesting watching that it, it unfold on yeah. on social media and everything else you know beautiful facility for sure yeah and we appreciate you guys so much once again i, I can't thank you guys enough you and crystal and and ken and, and and hunter and everybody involved you know and dale you know everybody that's been involved with this thing and and letting us come in and jackie would be here but he's actually at the track right now they're with some guys looking at the billboards and uh you know we're we're uh we're you know getting more sponsors he's got sponsors out there now looking to see what we can you know they can do and uh so uh but he 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 you know, he, he's, he's getting it done, and so am I. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I had a couple of things I was going to suggest to him I'll talk to you all fair about, but, you know, little sponsor ideas, and I'm sure he's probably thought of billions of them just like everybody else. We've has. gone through the whole – yeah, we're, we're, we're open for all kinds of stuff, yeah. yeah. And like I say, it's probably something that he's already had thought of in his mind, so 
I mean, well, we that's another thing to for the listeners too is uh, this is very much of a like calling all everybody. You know, anybody has anybody I, any ideas about how to help? Yeah, please reach out. You know, if you have you know if you're if you if your neighbor or your your relatives or something have a business, you know, especially around here or, mm. or whatever. If you have any kind of connections with any kind of racing type sponsors, please reach out, you know, and um, we're being very interactive with everybody now because it's a very grassroots thing. And we're just, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, if, 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 if you want to buy a t-shirt, it's come down to like, if you want to buy a t-shirt, you know, Jackie's like, give him my number. You know, he's, he's very, we're both very open and like we, we communicate with people and, and, and like I said, I think last week, I know it got cut off but with the electricity problem, but, uh, we're just as happy. I mean, of course, if somebody gives a thousand dollars, that's amazing. But if we're just as happy if somebody kicks in ten bucks, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It's like everything's great, man. You know, yeah. everything. Every dollar helps. Every dollar helps. Every time somebody shares something on social media, it helps. You know, so don't yeah. think that you're out there and you can't help us. You know, and so because you can somehow or another. You know, that's that's good to hear. I, I definitely would love to to see the community come out and you know five dollars a piece. That's like I say that before. Yeah. That's a, that's a that's a kid's happy meal at McDonald's. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we haven't talked about the GoFundMe a whole lot lately just because we've been shooting for bigger sponsors, but it's still there. If you go to our, uh, the, the official pages, Save Our Speedway, the legendary Greenville Pick and Speedway on Facebook. Yes. And so that's our one official page. We've had some, we, yeah. So that's our yeah. one official page that, uh, is to, to keep confusion down. Yeah, Save I, Our Speedway, the legendary Greenville Pick and Speedway. And I wanted to point out too that, the, the Save Your Speedway page, um, once the track gets open and operating, the Save Your Speedway page will then become the Greenville Pickens official page. Yes, it definitely will. Yes. Yeah, and so the, it will be. And um, everything. And also, that's another interesting thing is that um, if and when, I mean, we, we're saying when at this point, but when we get the thing signed, when we get it happening, when we announce, if and when we, I'm still saying if and when, but when mm. we announce an opening date, we're still trying to save Greenville Pickens. So even if we're in the middle of the season, we're still going to need help. We're still going to need some support because we, we're we going to continue to try to save it into the future. And Absolutely. so even if the land is sold and even if they build some sort of uh, industrial development there, um, we still think we can save the speedway. We still think we can make, have them build around it, you yeah. know? And so there's a way that it can be saved, I think, into the future. So yeah, it'll be save our speedway on into the future. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't a campaign for 2023. It's a campaign for the future. This is just the first step. Yeah. The yes. first step is cranking those engines on that opening night. You yeah. Know? So let's definitely get that done. Yeah. And so uh, anybody out there with any ideas ready to help, uh, we're we're here at and ready to go. Sounds good, and uh, we appreciate you coming in and giving us an update. Appreciate and, you having me. And uh, folks, uh, don't get frustrated with it. Um, it's happening. It's just it's a slow process, and that's just yep. how it is. Yep, we'll get there. Oh yeah, no doubt at all. And uh, like I say, thank you for coming in, and thank you and Jackie for everything because right now you two guys are are, are you know y'all are on the podium. Y'all are the, the, the faces of what we got going on and, and represent. So. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, and we just – we're we appreciate the help of each and every person who is helping us and actually helping us. Yeah, we really appreciate that. No doubt. Uh, thank all the listeners for uh, and keeping up and, and sharing and doing everything you do with, with the Save the Speedway. It means the world to us, yeah. And, yes. and you are helping, and we are getting there. 
Yes. So thank you guys and uh, keep spreading the word. And um, last, I'd like before I would cut off air, um, I had a friend last Friday night at Anderson who uh, suffered a medical condition, Sean Thomas Thomason. Uh, everybody knows him as 1.5 or Puff Puff Pass. Um, he had a uh, he had a light stroke, I guess, or he told me a mild stroke. He, he's finally told me that today. But um, I think he got he he had a lot of uh, smoke coming in his car <clears throat> Friday night as well. Oil or he had an oil leak or whatever. So maybe a combo of things is what caused it. But he's at home. He's doing good. He's crazy as ever. If you know the guy, he's a freaking nut. Um, but he is doing good, and he says he's going to be back in a race car in two weeks. So um, just wanted to mention Sean and uh, let him know that we're all still thinking and praying for him. And uh, thank you all for listening to a Checker Pass podcast. We're out of here. <laughs>